Hi, I'm Laura Mize from TeachMeToTalk.com. Hi, I'm Kelly Hampton. Hi, this is Chip Gerhardt, Chairman of the Board of the National Down Syndrome Society. This is Rachel Coleman from Signing Time, and you're listening to Down Syndrome Radio. Down Syndrome Radio. Down Syndrome Radio. Down Syndrome Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome to Down Syndrome Radio, episode 24th, uh, October 30th, 2013. We, uh, uh, we're the Downright Awesome Dads here to tell you about parenting uh, children with Down Syndrome. We have another super wonderful guest that uh, hopefully we can learn a lot from and uh, maybe maybe some uh, uh, some get some uh, advocacy going. Uh, but before we get to him, we'll get the kind of the go round table, check it all out, and see how... Uh, See how Rick and Jason are doing. Rick, how are things on the? I guess I'd like to go right to right to left or uh, east to west. How are you doing, Rick? <laughs> doing good. Get ready for Halloween. This house is ready. Kayla is ready to go. What's she gonna be? That's all she's talking about. Uh, she is a uh, dancing flapper. So a dancing flapper. All right. Yeah, you know, like from the like the twenties kind of thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, and Logan is a very puffy Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <so. laughs> I love that age, yeah. Oh, oh. So they're excited to see. Fantastic. And your house will be full of candy for a while. That'd be great. Oh, man, yeah. I'm hoping the weather holds out. So it looks like it might be rain for Halloween. So we don't oh, worry well. about that, but it should right. be good. We'll see. we'll see what happens. All right, Fingers Jason. crossed. Jason, how about over there on the other coast? Uh, doing pretty well. Just um, kind of coping through the first cold of the season here and um, dealing with the regular craziness also getting ready for halloween um my daughter has chosen to be a go-go dancer and and i don't know how we agreed to this but it, <laughs> but it, it, uh, it came about when she's she, she well then, then she'll have used up go-go dancer and when she's 16 she won't want to use it again oh yeah, that's good, good. <laughs> maybe, that, maybe that's good, good. Maybe that's a good thing. sorry uh, man, what's, what's dex gonna be man Dex is is uh, Batman, like Adam West, old school Batman. Nice. Does he have the fake muscles and everything, or maybe you know, the real I, muscles? I don't. I don't know. think there's fake muscles in this in this costume. It just it's ridiculously cute. And he's got a little mask thing too. He, he just looks he looks so good. And in his utility belt, he's got you know like an extra bottle, you know, a, a Hot Wheel car. <laughs> Cracker, no, it's, it's, more, it's more food related. We're talking crackers. They're all food related. The yeah. Utility belt, awesome, awesome. Well, uh, I'm I'm enjoying fall here in Richmond. Uh, it's just been beautiful. My kids are going to be. Let's see, my 12 year old is still going to go out, although he was on the edge. He's going to be a ninja. Uh, my daughter Molly is going to be a pirate princess, and Luke is going to be a Hot Wheel car race driver. So. They're excited to go out tomorrow. And Halloween is my wife Kim's birthday, so it's always kind of a double oh, wow. celebration. Yeah, She's a Halloween baby. Scary thing. So there you go. You better, you're ready for the big reveal on our uh, on our guest there, Jason? Sure. Good work lining today. up this guest. You're all right, man. This is well done. Uh, today our guest is Lito Ramirez. He is the CEO and founder of Down Syndrome Achieves, and he is also uh, responsible, the father of a son with Down Syndrome um, and several other children. And Down Syndrome Achieves is launching a 
campaign um, in the next few months called 121, and Lito is here to, to talk with us about Down Soon the Cheese and 121. Welcome, Lito. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. You know, uh, before you start, uh, my wife is a uh, Halloween uh, baby, too. So Wow. Wow. That's creepy. Where was she born? <laughs> yeah, <I> know, right? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't switched or anything, were they? <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, yeah, her very first costume was her birthday suit. <laughs> so, what we normally yeah. ask about first, Lido, is just to ask you to tell us about yourself and your family and your children and whatnot, so we can get uh, get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, you know, um, my uh, my my career uh, started out uh, in government. Uh, I, I, w- I worked in the governor's office here in Ohio for a number of years, and. And uh, eventually made the transition into to healthcare, uh, doing strategic planning and, and, and branding for uh, large hospital medical systems. Um, about uh, 2007, my wife and I found out that uh, the child we were expecting would have Down syndrome. And, um, you know, I, I made the choice then uh, to, to leave, uh, leave my job as a consultant to 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 see him through his surgery I, um, he went into heart failure when he was three months old and, and required uh, uh, open heart lung bypass surgery when he was four months old so I decided to 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 stay home and and, and see him through um, you know his recovery and during that time you know you start to do what a lot of parents do when when you find out you're going to have a child with, with, with special needs you start to look at uh, advocacy, what's out there, what's happening with research and, and whatnot. And because of my background in government and politics and healthcare, you know, that was really the lens that I, I looked at things. And I wanted to understand better what was happening relative to research. Wouldn't, wouldn't it have been great, Lito, if there was a podcast back then you could have listened to? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind you of our target I, market is kind of people who, you know, just found out. Right, right. Yeah, you know, and, and you, you start to, 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 to make assumptions of, of, of what's out there and what's available um, and the progress. But, you know, uh, the, the sad fact is, is that there has been very little progress relative to research um, uh, for a whole number of reasons. Uh, lack of federal funding, lack of research infrastructure, and, um, you know, uh, certainly a, a, a critical missing component for that is, is parent engagement, family engagement on the issue. Um, so, I decided then that um, you know to 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 start uh, Down Syndrome Achieves as a as a organization that would focus strictly on on federal legislative policy as well as uh, research, and um, you know the, the we we started the organization in two thousand nine. Uh, in two thousand ten, we started uh, uh, the nation's first uh, Down Syndrome Consortium. Uh, which include uh, includes uh, ten research uh, institutions, pediatric hospitals and universities, um, Nationwide Children's Hospital, Cleveland Clinic, uh, Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh, as well as a handful of others, uh, to really um, you know start the discussion at the at the hospital and research uh, institution about what can we do in order to move this ball forward, um, and um, you know, it, certainly each institution have has their own individual agendas, but it was inspiring to see them set aside those particular agendas to to realize that, 
hey, you know what, here's an area that, that um, you know, certainly needs attention. And, and uh, there'll be enough uh, kudos to go around, uh, you know, later on. But, you know, as institutions, we can band together, share resources, share knowledge, share, um, you know, strategies and whatnot to, to help uh, benefit uh, Down syndrome research. And, um, you know, our, our, our overall mission as an organization relative to research is really to, to build research infrastructure, um, you know, so um, researchers can uh, move their work uh, from, from you know, basic bench science to clinical trial and hopefully then on to, uh, to drug therapy where it will, you know, get into the hands of the families who need them most. We, we, we've discussed this quite a bit, I think, uh, uh, particularly, well, Jason and I, you know, we're, we're very excited about the research and kind of feel that, uh, you know, not 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 that false hope or that crazy hope, but that we, we feel that that's the that's the route of the future, and that you know it, it's possible that it could affect our children in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know, I, I, I we have a similar viewpoint of the world uh, with research. Is that you know this is a vehicle that will enable our families and our, and our children with DS to you know to 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 live longer and healthier and and, and a, a much more vibrant life. Um, you know, if you look at the issue of cognition, if we're able to unravel the keys that will allow our, 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 our children with Down syndrome to, to uh, retain more information, um, well, that certainly can lead to, uh, you know, teaching them more advanced skills. More advanced skills leads to better paying jobs. Better paying jobs leads to greater independence. Greater independence means less of a burden on 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 public funding and infrastructure, as uh, you know, as our children get older, um, and uh, you know that is a trajectory that we have, you know, that we have firmly in our minds that is certainly attainable, but it's going to take a lot of uh, base building, um, you know, because of we're, we're we're really starting from. Uh, a near zero level of progress over the last 15 years. Um, you know, one of the, you had mentioned uh, the 121 campaign, which is really a, an effort that, that we started to help unify the community, um, you know, behind research and to help provide researchers uh, critical capabilities and infrastructure that they, they currently uh, lack. Um, and certainly one of them is, is a dedicated and centralized biobank. Now, biobanks are nothing new. They're, they're not cutting edge, really. They're, they're really medical-grade refrigeration units that, that can store up to 80,000 you know, samples of hair, blood, or tissue, or whatnot. But the fact of the matter is, is that there currently is no national dedicated and centralized biobank for DS. Um, there's a biobank for autism. There's a national biobank for cystic fibrosis. There's a national biobank for uh, Duchenne muscular dystrophy and, the, and, and even and, psoriasis. And, and this need, Lido, comes directly from you know the doctors doing the research. They've stated that this is what they need. Oh, absolutely. Because that's absolutely. no, that's that's the horse's mouth, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. You know, I mean, uh, you may recall that back in 2011, uh, Kathy McMorris Rogers, uh, the congresswoman from uh, Washington State, who who was also a DS parent. Um, she introduced legislation um, to, to start a national biobank, a national patient registry, a CDC surveillance program, an epidemiology program, and to establish six centers of excellence. Um, 
while Congress had authorized the money to pay for that, and really the 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 money that they were asking for in the bill amounted to a little less than six million dollars. <coughs> Excuse me, but uh, Congress had had authorized the money but never appropriated it. And you know, given the current environment in Congress, um, it's unrealistic to think that that will happen anytime soon. So, as an organization, we we started to look at the pieces and parts of that bill and to really look at areas where we might be able to contribute and uh, and to help advance, um, you know, um, capabilities so the researchers can get on with their work. Um, now, the, one of the first things we did was was talk directly to the research. There's a group of uh, you know res- researchers from uh, across the country, and you know we asked them, "What do you need in order to do your work?" And uh, you know, uh, three things came came to mind uh, in each conversation. One was a biobank. Second was a national patient registry, and third, and probably most importantly, was parent engagement and participation. Um, because I was sure one of them was going to be money. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, certainly, uh, uh, money is is a is is a big challenge for us because you know, with no funding, there's no incentive for the best and brightest to get in the field. There's no money to build infrastructure. There's no money to conduct uh, you know higher levels of research. But you know, from a basic standpoint, here are three th- three elements that that the uh, they absolutely need and um, they they just don't have. And, um, you know, uh, as we looked at it, uh, as, you know, the National Patient Registry was already established by uh, the NIH. And so we felt it was unnecessary to be duplicative at that point. So we started focusing more and more on the biobank. And, um, you know, that's what the goal of 121 is. It's to stand up a national, dedicated, and centralized biobank that will be open and accessible to any researcher, irrespective of what institution they're affiliated with. Um, and we view this as a community resource uh, that is absolutely critical in order to you know, get to that next level. Because until we're able to, to provide a elementary and rudimentary uh, uh, tool like this, all research is gonna remain rather theoretical. And a intellectual exercise. Um, and leader, there so, are people waiting for right now for to have access to a biobank, right? They could be doing research that otherwise they can't yeah. do now because that's not there. Absolutely. You know, I, I talked about parent participation. One of the missing components is that parent participation because in order to do a viable and uh, you know qualitative study, um, you know your n sample size has to be at least a thousand people minimum a thousand participants the sample size that most researchers have access to today number is only a couple hundred and um, that that's that's not enough to to verify and to to qualify um, you know the research that they're working on so as this biobank is is uh, created and developed the the the, the have alignment with uh, the the national patient registry that the NIH uh, you know established, and then uh, the third component is to get uh, parent and family participation. 
it's that critical to you know to the research going forward Lito, I think I just figured out a few things that <clears throat> may have been obvious to you guys, but like I said, we're the we're the guys we're the guys that don't know and ask the questions. Obviously, you need parent involvement because this biobank is going to contain samples not only from children with some sort of a, a sickness or whatever, but you need all samples from all children. Exactly. You need you need exactly. voluntary donations of of biological samples. Correct. Right. I mean, uh, th- this biobank will 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 store. Uh, blood, hair, DNA, RNA, um, and, uh, you know, uh, 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 adult samples of uh, brain tissue as well. Um, you know, one of, the, one of the things that have, has been encouraging throughout this process of uh, 121 and, and really building out the strategy for the biobank is, uh, you know, getting calls from the National Alzheimer's Association and, you know, having one of their primary researchers for Down syndrome ask whether or not we would be willing to dedicate part of our biobank, our proposed biobank, as a uh, national uh, brain tissue bank as well. Because right wow. now, the National Alzheimer's Association has a grand total of 15 adult samples of uh, Down syndrome brain tissue. It's critical to the research uh, relative to Alzheimer's and dementia. And it's critical for the researchers to have a, a large sample size in order to, to view things in a very longitudinal and long-term sense, um, to view the progression of dementia and or Alzheimer's, you know, um, you know a, as young as uh, uh, children of five years old and follow them through their life cycle so we can have a more complete and thorough understanding of how, um, you know, how the population will be impacted by it going forward. Um, so we, uh, we've had a lot of great discussions, and we're getting a lot of support. Um, and um, you know, uh, th- this this will be a critical missing component uh, that uh, that um, you know will 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 lead us down this path of uh, you know of discovery in in a much quicker fashion. So so tell us about the you know the. the how specific is the vision at this point, and and what's the timetable? I mean, is there a a location picked out, a size picked out, a timeline? Uh, how 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 much funding is it going to cost? Do we have any of those kind of details yet? Or yeah, absolutely. You, you know, um, what, we're located in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and um, you know, as 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 we started to take a look at it, uh, the issue of the biobank. You know, we started to look at resources locally just to. Just to get an idea of what what scope is uh, on, on standing uh, something like this up, and as it turns out, Nationwide Children's, which is located here uh, as well in Columbus, is 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 already a, a designated biobank for the National Institutes of Health. It's it's actually one of only two designated sites for as a as a a, a cancer biobank for the NIH Cancer Genome Atlas Program. Um, you know, Nationwide Children's uh, collects samples from over 500 institutions globally. Uh, they process over 150 samples uh, a day, and uh, they're funded at roughly $15 million per year from the National Institutes of Health. So they have quite a bit of expertise. So it's, it, it was logical for us to look to them for partnership and to say, listen, I, I understand that tumor collection is, is, is different from biologic collection. 
but you clearly have expertise in this space. So it, it, are there areas where we can partner on this? And, you know, they never hesitated. They said, absolutely. So the biobank um, will, will be uh, located at Nationwide Children's. Um, you know, the acquisition of it uh, and the cost of it is, is, is rather cost efficient. Um, you know, the, the, the total outlay for, for the refrigeration unit is roughly $20,000 or so. Uh, which is something that we could we could uh, write the check for right now. Where where the 121 campaign comes in is to uh, help provide the operational support that will be required in right, order. There's to going to be an ongoing cost that. as well, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you're talking about uh, you know helping fund uh, the research analysts that will be responsible for uh, typing and characterizing uh, the samples. You're talking about uh, the cost for the blood collection kits, the DNA collection kits, uh, and, and whatnot. You're talking about the postage and, and, and delivery charges in order to ship the samples to nationwide children's. But you know where the cost efficiency it comes in later on is that once these are all inputted into a database online, any researcher within the United States or even globally will be able to access these samples in order to help benefit their work. Um, so. Um, you know, from a conservative, uh, you know, budget standpoint, um, you know, based on the numbers that were provided to us by Nationwide Children's, I mean, we're looking at a uh, conservative operational cost per year of about four hundred to five hundred thousand a year. So, on a three-year to five-year window, we're looking at over a million to a million five uh, in total, um, you know, uh, operational, uh, you know, need. Um, now, certainly, we we would like to see the community be part of that. I think it's important as a community to to show that uh, we have stake in the game. Um, but um, you know, we'll look to uh, corporate partners as well as uh, f uh, you know opportunities at federal funding and state funding as well in order to help uh, build out that um, that funding stream for us. But there's but, but um, there's two parts of it. There's the there's the funding for that. And then there's mm -hmm. getting the word out so everybody sends in samples. Yeah, it, exactly, right. exactly. And you know that's why we're 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 talking very closely right now with uh, uh, with the NIH, uh, more specifically the NICHD, uh, on how we can better align DS Connect uh, with uh, the biobank. And uh, you know they've shown that they're they're very open to it, and, and they understand the strategy, and you know and uh, you know want to. Some more, but you know the fact of the matter is, is when you know when we've had these discussions with NIH, you know we've come to them and said, "Listen, we're not asking for any money. We're going to stand it up. We're going to pay for it on our own. The 121 campaign will help, uh, you know, provide some of the operational expenses. We just need to, you know, to look at ways where we can harmonize both of our our capabilities in order to provide a streamlined capability, um, you know, for all researchers." And, um, you know, to, to that end, uh, you know, they agreed that, you know, it makes perfect sense to, you know, to work collaboratively instead of in silos, um, you know, to, to build, you know, something that um, all researchers uh, will be able to, you know, um, you know, take advantage of. Yeah, I'm, I'm picturing a way you could work with DS Connect where, you know, some people would just fill out the registry and some people would actually send in samples. But and I realize there's all these uh, uh, personal information uh, uh, controversy, but presumably there'll be some sort of anonymous patient number of some sort, 
And Correct. It, I mean, it, it, if you follow the model, if we follow the model uh, currently being used by autism, for instance, they um, they use what's called a global unique identifier, which is exactly what you you said. It's a numeric number that uh, you know that indicates a certain demographic and profile, but you know keeps uh, the privacy issues at bay. Right, but if you, you know, could um, use the same system for both the physical samples and the registry entries. Wouldn't then sometimes you could kind of match them together as opposed to having two completely separate systems. Absolutely, you know, and, and that would be the goal is to have one unique identifier for sample, or or for uh, patient record, um, you know, so we can uh, you know uh, cross connect them, um, you know, uh, to provide a more unified um, you know profile of of, of that per- person's health condition. Um, instead of exactly right, instead of having two separate uh, systems. So you know, one of one of our goals going forward is is to work uh, closely um, with the researchers as well as uh, the folks at NIH in order to, you know, uh, provide that streamlined capability. You know, in addition to that, what, what kind of uh, support or collaboration are you getting from the? You're talking about the Down syndrome community, so um, you know, mm-hmm. what leading, uh, you know, scientists and researchers are participating in this or giving support to this mm-hmm. uh, in our yeah, community. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, some of the initial conversations we we had, uh, um, you know, we, we thought it was necessary in order to get directly to the people who were conducting the research, you know, to ask them about their needs, <coughs> excuse me, and to to really get a better understanding of, you know, um, you know where we might be able to 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 provide capability, and you know, so w- we had discussions with Alberto Costa, uh, who's now at Case Western Reserve University here in Ohio. Um, you know, Alberto is is widely recognized and credited for for running one of the first cl- clinical human clinical trials on a uh, on a Down syndrome cognition drug. Um, you know, uh, we've talked to, with uh, Dr. Brian Scottco at uh, Massachusetts General General, who is very supportive of this effort and is actually an active participant in helping develop the collection protocol um, for this biobank. W- you know, the collection protocol will set the standard for uh, what what type of blood samples? If we're going to collect blood, how much blood? If we're going to collect hair, you know, where does it need to be rooted? If we're going to collect skin, is it going to be four millimeters or is it going to be three millimeters? So, you know, he's he is an active participant uh, with that, as well as with Dr. Costa at Case Western, uh, George Capone at Kennedy Krieger, um, Lada Granholm Bentley with the National Alzheimer's Association, um, uh, uh, Patrick Hof. Who is at Harvard Medical and, uh, or, or I'm sorry, on Mount Sinai, and uh, Jeffrey Golden at Harvard Medical. So y- you start to understand uh, the the level and caliber of researchers who are who are coming and coming out and supporting this effort because they understand that, you know, the only way to really make progress is to to act in partnership and to coalesce as a community, a research community, advocacy community, and parent community, um, in order to to move this forward. And um, you know the, the, that's that's the that's the way that uh, this will this will get off the ground and and, and succeed. Um, so yeah, we've we've had very high level discussions, and it, it really reminds me of uh, you know back when I was in government. You know, it, it felt like uh, for eight weeks uh, I was uh, I was lobbying lobbying again. You know, talking to to researchers every day and. And really providing them uh, the vision for the biobank and and their role in in uh, standing this up. And you know we're very fortunate and lucky to 
to have uh, you know a broad broad range of support from researchers everywhere. I haven't had one researcher say no to this uh, you know to this initiative, um, which which says a lot. Seems like a no brainer. Right? This is what this is an obvious thing, and it it's almost embarrassing. It feels like that it hasn't happened yet, and I'm just so glad that you know you guys are taking the steps you are to get to where you are. Right. You know, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, if you look historically at Down syndrome research, um, you know, it, it's really been a long time coming for us. Um, the first clinical description for Down syndrome mm. was published in 1866, if you recall, by John Langan Down. You know, this is just after the Civil War, you know, um, we're 147 some years later, and we still have yet to have a thorough understanding of what happens at the molecular level cellular level, the biological level, to not only cause the condition, but to cause the whole host of chronic illnesses that impact people with Down syndrome on a daily basis, whether that's hypothyroidism, whether that's diabetes, whether that's celiac disease, um, you know, uh, congenital heart defect, and, um, you know, uh, I mentioned the dementia and Alzheimer's. You know, I, I think that dementia and Alzheimer's is, is the critical issue that we really need to rally behind because... The research already tells us that, you know, the fundamental basis for Alzheimer's uh, is already growing in our children as young as four months old. And what I mean by that is that Alzheimer's is characterized by um, the beta amyloid plaque that surrounds the brain, essentially suffocating the brain. And it's also characterized by neurofibrillary tangles, which are, are, are tangles of, of nerves that spread out through the brain, like the fingers on your hand, to disrupt function in every lobe. Uh, of the brain. And the research already tells us and shows us that these two elements can begin growing in children with Down syndrome as young as four months old. So that means that my child and your children have this growing in them already. What we don't understand is what is the genetic trigger or the protein trigger or the reaction of one protein to a gene that will cause this uh, to 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 you know succumb to full blown Alzheimer's and dementia uh, by um, age uh, thirty five or forty, and you know the the numbers already tell us that a quarter of the population will eventually succumb to this by the time they're that age, and um, you know it, it, it makes the, the 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 necessity for a biobank <clears throat> and a brain tissue bank all the more critical. If we're going to, you know, um, you know, uh, find the breakthrough that will uh, prevent uh, this from happening, or if it does happen, what can we do in order to halt the progression of it so our our, our loved ones with DS can can maintain a a, a uh, you know viable and, and and quality of life. And it it seems like from a business perspective too that that. Targeting the Alzheimer's link is, is, a, is the way to go because it affects such a huge swath of the population that absolutely just, just linking it in there you're you're going to get you're going to get funding pouring in from different sources other than other than just those affected by the Down syndrome. That's a terrific point. I mean, um, Alzheimer's has a direct connection to chromosome 21 as well. And that's why you, you're starting to see a bit more engagement from the Alzheimer researchers on looking at Down syndrome. But, you know, uh, the crossover potential for Down syndrome research, uh, you know, it extends even to cancer. Because the research tells us that P53 
people with, with Down syndrome are, are virtually immune to solid mass tumors. Right. That means no prostate cancer or very little instance of prostate cancer, very little instance of breast cancer or any other solid mass we, tumor. We, we heard that uh, so, last episode from uh, Dr. Velody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean, so, that was a know, real clinical, just, his real clinical answer was there's things we can learn from them that could cure other things. Absolutely. And, you know, obviously the benefit to the general population would be immense uh, if we were able to unlock that. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it, 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 and certainly, uh, you know, that, that's where you would hope the, the funding would, would start to come in to start taking a look uh, more and more at Down syndrome and its ability to, you know, provide insight not only to the condition of Down syndrome, but to, um, you know, those issues that impact the general population, you know, whether it's Alzheimer's or cancer or, um, you know, hyperthyroidism or whatnot, or high blood pressure is another uh, is another uh, health condition that um, that uh, people with Down syndrome rarely have. Um, you know, so being able to understand the research behind that or the science behind that, you know, could potentially uh, yield uh, learnings for uh, you know the, the greater population, the larger population. You know, as a as a as a father and a parent. You, you hear this story and and the, and what you're talking about the biobank and it just seems like something that we need to do. You know what what can I do or you know what can we do as parents? You said parents is one of the key things. Mm -hmm. You know what can we do as a as a step to help you get this done? Or are you guys ready? Is is it just getting the samples from us or uh, you know is this already uh, that far along where it's actually where it's going to happen and we know it's going to happen? Uh, yeah, you know the the, the okay, biobank. The, the, the biobank is going to happen. Uh, you know, Down syndrome achieves is is fortunate to to be in a position to, you know, to provide the the funding support for the outright acquisition of the biobank, and to to provide uh, support for part of year one operational um, expenses. Where the community is absolutely critical is not only in, 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 in the willingness to be part of a clinical trial and to be part of uh, the sample collection, um, but uh, to, to really help increase the level of urgency um, on this issue. Um, 30 years ago, um, you know, families got together and, and really pushed for uh, greater acceptance in schools, uh, greater access to services, and um, you know certainly we we could not be where we are today without that level of urgency from the parents. And I think that research is that is that uh, that seminal issue that this generation, our generation of families face today. That that um, that if we don't make progress on this issue, that um, it, it would have been an opportunity lost. Um, because research has the potential to provide the type of visibility and insight to, again, those chronic illnesses that, that inhibit a much fuller quality of life for our children. And, um, you know, the one thing that we ask parents all the time is, 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 is yes, you know, we, we, we could use your financial support, but your ability to talk to other parents and, and to talk to other people to, to raise the awareness of this issue. Um, this, will, this can happen at a grassroots level, but it will take engagement from parents to, to really have those hard discussions about, yes, you know, on a daily basis, I, I'm concerned about speech therapy and occupational therapy and physical therapy and making sure that 
my my kids getting treatment for for this and that but um you know it, it's important for the the entire community to to really understand that this this has the ability to 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 really reach the ideal life and quality of life that we all envision um but it's going to take that level of commitment in order to 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 really uh, move that ball forward i'll give you the example of um of cystic fibrosis and 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 Certainly, this is not an apples to apples comparison by any means, um, because uh, you know the life expectancy, unfortunately, for cystic fibrosis is probably 45 years compared to Down syndrome, which is currently uh, probably 60 years. But you know, I, I give the example of the first clinical description of Down syndrome being 1866. Well, the first clinical description for cystic fibrosis was published in 1938. By 1989. Researchers had discovered the cystic fibrosis gene. It's gene 7Q. But because of that singular discovery, there are now over 3,500 different gene therapies available to help treat uh, you know, the illnesses and, and, and uh, conditions related to cystic fibrosis. That took all of 51 years to accomplish because the community was focused and centered around um, the issue of research. And uh, I have hope uh, that um, we'll be able to do the same for, for Down syndrome um, in order to you know, help the families who are, who are being impacted uh, every day. Let's hope it doesn't take 51 years. <clears throat> right, I'm yes. thinking we can get 80,000 samples real fast. You know? When I think about it, that's my reaction. Are, are you getting mixed reactions from parents about this, Lito? Or what, you know, the, what do you the, yeah, you know, I I think that uh, that the community of families is is evenly split. Uh, I think there there are families who sit on the fence and and worry about um, the role of research. Um, and certainly, there's a segment of families out there who believe that research is a pathway to curing Down syndrome, which is not obviously what uh, we're out to do or want to do or what these researchers. Are setting out to do. I mean, research for us is 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 finding a pathway to again manage the chronic illnesses that impact families on a daily basis, so they can have a much richer, longer, and uh, and more vibrant quality of life. Um, but in order to do that, you know, you you have to have a a fundamental uh, acceptance and participation from those families to to be part of that. Uh, you know, part of that uh, exploration. Do, do you notice, um, Lito? We, we've we, we've discussed this topic a lot. Of the you know the research versus acceptance paradigm, and mm-hmm. that the, you know I, I guess our observation was uh, parents of older children with Down syndrome you know have less of a focus on research press because their children are older or whatever mm-hmm. than uh, you know uh, parents of uh, children with you know of, of younger children. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and maybe that's why you know uh, that you know I'm so interested in it, and uh, and and, the, and that we're so interested in it. Do you, do you notice that difference? Absolutely. I mean, that's a great point. I think you're absolutely correct that there is a generational shift within the community that you know the older parents um, who had who had focused in on inclusion and school services and whatnot um, are less likely to be engaged on the research issue, um, and whereas you know the younger generation of families. Um, such as ours, as, as we've talked about, um, will likely be more open to the issue. Um, I, I think a challenge um, 
for for the effort going forward is to really get families to look beyond their everyday um, everyday schedules, uh, as I mentioned, of, of physical therapy, occupational therapy, and whatnot, to understand the the longer term vision for for what research can provide, um, re- whether it's uh, cognition and uh, and or, or uh, the other. Uh, uh, chronic illnesses. Uh, you know, research is a critical key into into really uh, attaining that that ideal that everyone envisions, but you know, doesn't you know have a understanding of how to get there. You know, and um, so yeah, I mean, I I I I, I think it's uh, it you know the, there there is a, a clear uh, line that um, you know where where younger families are are, are much more open to or willing to participate. But you can go too far with that too. I think you know we have some we have some false hope if you go too far in that direction as well. Mm-hmm. That you need to be mm-hmm. careful of. So we've been you know right. we've been you know, reaching I mean, the middle road. If if, if I, I wish that everyone had the opportunity to to talk to the researchers that that I've had the you know privilege of of, of talking with and, and partnering with over the course of the last you know eight nine weeks, you know because these are people who. You know, if you look at it, these are people who have dedicated their lives to to understanding Down syndrome, and you know that type of dedication uh, commands and demands our respect and 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 our participation in helping them, you know, use their skills in helping us understand this condition in a much more complete and thorough way, and. Um, you know that that's why I mentioned it is absolutely critical for 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 families to begin understanding that research isn't isn't a bad thing. It's not about finding a cure. It's about you know how do we get to a much richer quality of life as our children progress, and at the same time helping stave off those potential illnesses that could you know deteriorate uh, the type of life that uh, we want them to lead. But I mean, I yep. feel as a parent that if there was one thing you could, you know, obviously, I, I, I'm not sure I want you to change him completely. But the one thing that uh, I would focus all my efforts on is cognition. But you know, for sure, absolutely, uh, cognition is this is the single thing that threads through the entire community. Um, you know, cognition. Uh, you know, if if we're able to to better understand cognition um, and memory and learning, um, you know. Certainly, that could lead to uh, our ability to perhaps teach more advanced skills, and more advanced skills could potentially lead to higher-paying jobs. Higher-paying jobs leads to greater independence. Greater independence leads to, you know, uh, less of a, of a uh, a draw on public uh, uh, public uh, services as uh, the population grows older. Um, you know, because at the end of the day. You know, uh, certainly, I, I think the aspirations uh, that we have, and that our children will have, uh, you know, are, aren't all that dissimilar. You know, at the end of the day, I think what we're talking about what, with research is the ability uh, to give them uh, the ability to determine their own destiny. You know, just like all of us on this call have done, at one point or another. You know, do I take this job or don't I take this job? Or uh, you know, uh, to make those types of decisions for themselves, and uh, cognition is absolutely a, a fundamental key to to that ability. And we're, I, I think, 
I, I think we are much closer than, than what people think. It's, it, it breakthroughs in cognition as well as other areas you know, are, are, are certainly achievable uh, within our lifetime. Um, but it's going to take commitment uh, and uh, funding and, and the basic necessities of research in order to make that happen. Jason, you I had agree. a question. Yeah, yeah well, I, I don't have a question, more of a statement. Um, you mentioned that, that just talking with the researchers is, is, is so influential in, in your feelings, and, and I have to agree. And, and I just also have to say that, that in my experience, they're, they're so open to, to meeting families and, and parents and, and anyone and talking about it that it's that it's it's out there if you if you are near you know UCSD or Stanford or mm. any of Johns Hopkins any of these places that are that are doing some of this research you know they have they have centers they have um, administrative people and call them up and see mm-hmm. if you can go on a tour I mean they're they're super open at least here at UCSD they're 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 great and and you mm-hmm. know I mean it was it was so insightful and so um, motivating to, to go um, meet with them and tour the lab and just talk to them. I mean, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff that, 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 that they're doing, they kind of have to, to dumb it down when they're talking to, to Joe Schmo like me. But um, mm-hmm. it's, it, sounds, it sounds pretty amazing. And mm-hmm. it's really, really, you know, just gets you, gets you going. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, 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 it really is inspiring from when you, when you stand back and look at the, the caliber of researchers who are, or again, who are participating on this effort. Um, and uh, that speaks a lot to their dedication as scientists and researchers and their, um, you know, the, their, their willingness to, you know, to, to be forward thinking and, and to, you know, to, to help benefit our families. Um, you know, so yeah, I mean, uh, as 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 we move forward, then you know, I, I you know, the, this is the the biobank is 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 just a building block number one, and um, it, it will be an immense contribution, um, and, and and that that is is quite literally a community resource that uh, any researcher will have uh, open access to. What are your uh, what are your hopes as far as the timeline, Lido? When do you think this will be in place and ready to receive samples? You know, um, I, if everything I, goes I, well, you know, one of the next steps that needs to happen is the development of a collection protocol uh, that I spoke about earlier. Um, <clears throat> the protocol again establishes uh, the the norms for for collection, and once that is in place, I think that this could be, uh, you know, um, I, I think we could stand this up fairly quickly. Um, it's my hope that um, that uh, a, the framework for a collection protocol will be completed by uh, the end of December. Um, you know, uh, that will take uh, some, uh, the next step after that will be to have some discussions with some of the other Down syndrome research uh, grant organizations like DSRTF and RDS and Global and some of the other players uh, to get their input on it. But um, you know, I, I, I think that uh, the outright acquisition of the biobank could can be done by uh, by the end of, of uh, Q1 next year, and with collection, um, you know, uh, to to be ready for a collection by uh, by the end of Q2. Oh my uh, gosh, next that's year. amazing! I was going to say, you know, one year, five years, you know. <laughs> no, you guys are no, moving. You know, 
you, you know, I mean, uh, the discussions for this biobank uh, began in, uh, in April. And, um, you know, we have made tremendous headway, um, you know, since that time. And, uh, you know, uh, it is not unrealistic to, to, to you know, to, to see acquisition, um, you know, uh, by, by the end of Q1 in, uh, you know, 2014. And then, you know, potentially uh, be open for business by June or July of uh, next year awesome. as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it 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 it, it, it really the, the the driving force behind that is is the um, the researchers themselves and and their their support and and buy into you know to this idea. You know, so no one you, you may, again, no no researcher has ever said no to to this proposal, and and every researcher that we've said, listen, we 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 would be grateful for your participation in this conversation, and they're like, absolutely. You know, this is something that that will benefit everyone, and 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 quite literally, no researcher will, can advance to the next level without it. You know, right. um, you mentioned uh, Jason. You mentioned uh, you know uh, Bill Mobley out there at, at UCSD. I mean, he he and Roger Reeve and and Prakashnani and all those all the all, all the top tier researchers are in, are are in the same place. You know, until we get this thing stood up and open for business and collecting samples, you know, and. All, all the work thus far will remain um, theoretical and uh, an intellectual exercise. You know, well, with Lino, no you know, at, practical benefit. You know, at, at, as you move along through this process, and you have times where you reach a milestone or whatever, and you'd like us to state something, you know, send us an email, and we'll mention it on the next episode if that helps at all. Absolutely. You know, I, I think um, you know uh, the ability to have conversations, uh, just like what we're having now is absolutely critical and you know I, I i i really would like the opportunity you know to thank all of you for the work that you do because it you know it, it's something that is I, I think is sorely missing from the landscape is the ability for you know to to have a discussion like this um and uh you know to, and, and better yet to you know to have to you know the, to, to to have fathers be uh, you know uh you know the lead part of that discussion and um you know, so you know. Thank you very much for for the work that you do as well. You're absolutely most welcome. Yeah, Thanks thank for you. coming. Any any more hey, questions? No, just, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Rick. I just just wanted to add one. Talk about money all the time and funding and funding and money. And now we're getting to a point where information and just samples are really important. You know, this for the biobank and DS Connect for information and history. And these are things that all families can do, and it doesn't cost us really anything, you know. And yeah. it's something that's sorely needed. It seems like it's the, it's the big piece of the equation that's going to help us advance things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just I get like a, a sinking feeling in my chest because I feel like oh, I want to just what can I do right now to help this happen? Because it feels like what you're saying, you know, the researchers are there, they're ready to go, mm-hmm. you know, and, and people are waiting for this. And this is the one thing where we are, are different from other, uh, you know, research uh, and other disabilities that are out there. So mm-hmm. how do we, you know, just get this going? And, uh, you know, I'm anxious for it. So I, de- I definitely think that spreading the word for it. Uh, will help, and glad that we had this conversation as well. You know, to, you know so I, people I, get a clear understanding. I, I think one of the, I think one of the reasons why we've made as much progress, um, as we have at this point, 
121. And again, 121 is, 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 is certainly an initiative that we started, but we view 121 solely as a community resource and platform, a unifying platform that is open to, to any organization, any, any individual, any researcher, regardless of what institution you're affiliated with, you know, to, to be part of this, this national discussion. If you share the vision of research and you share the same vision of what research can accomplish um, on behalf of, uh, you know, the population and your family, you know, all are welcome, you know, at that table. But, um, you know, we, we really take, or we really took great pains from the very beginning to view this as a, as a business problem. I mean, certainly we're a, we're a nonprofit, but, we're, but our, our operating philosophy is that we're in the business of Down syndrome. More specifically, we're in the business of Down syndrome research. So if that is the case, what are the, what are the challenges and barriers to Down syndrome research? And, you know, that's where we, we really took a close look at the infrastructure first and foremost, because without these basic fundamental tools, nothing is going to move, like I've said. And it seemed the most obvious place as a business solution, you know, to, to help move, uh, you know, uh, this, this issue along and, and, and to help it move forward. Um, and, uh, you know, we planned for the researcher side. You know, we knew it was absolutely critical to have broad consensus and support from the, uh, the research community. Uh, we knew that it was absolutely critical and key to having broad support from the uh, advocacy community. Um, and, uh, you know, again, the third element is the parent community. Um, I think if, if we're able to coalesce all of those three elements, um, you know, you'll be able to see progress at a much quicker cadence than, um, than what we've seen before. And, um, you know, that is, that's the hope and the vision that, you know, all, all will be together and, and really, uh, sharing the same vision. I mean, certainly we have great organizations that are out there, great advocacy organizations, you know, who provide, um, you know, critical critical needs and, and support to, to families. Um, but it doesn't have to be a zero-sum game where, you know, I, you have to give up leadership in order for me to be a leader. Um, that's not the way that it should be viewed at all. I think we should recognize that every organization has, you know, a, 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 a place and, and contributes to the national advocacy landscape. But there are areas where we have shared you know, concerns and, and, and shared issues. And on those, you know, certainly we have the opportunity to, to coalesce as a community and really provide uh, the type of uh, partnership that, that, uh, that's, that's required in order to make initiatives uh, like this uh, successful, um, you, you know, for, for the benefit of, uh, you know, the, the larger research population and, and uh, the larger uh, community of families. Well, sounds like it's completely gelling so far. I'm uh, impressed and encouraged, you know, as a father, as a consumer, so to speak. Sounds like you're much right. further along than I thought. Yeah, you know, um, it, it's it's very encouraging. I mean, we have a, a bit more to go, um, and uh, I, I think once the the collection protocol is in place, um, you know, then 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 we'll 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 be talking about. Um, you know, definite uh, timelines about um, uh, when it's uh, when when it's going to be acquired and when it's going to go up, and um, 
when we can eventually be open uh, for collection. So you guys, uh, you two have any other questions? Jason, Rick? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good too. All righty. Anything else you want to cover, Lito, before we move into our uh, moments of the week, which we don't do, maybe moments of the month now? Moments of the month? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, you know, uh, uh, I'm good. I, again, I, I just appreciate the, the uh, opportunity to have a discussion. Oh, my gosh. It's our pleasure. It was oh. fantastic. Thank you. That was great information. Yeah. Don't leave. We want your moment if you, if you have one. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, um, you, guys, uh, you guys prepared for this? Have you thought this through? I'm ready. Anything big? You start, Rick. You're hard to follow, though, but you go ahead and start. Oh, man. Okay. Well, um, okay, so it's Down Syndrome Awareness Month, and um, my wife went to Kayla's class, second grade class, to talk to the uh, kids in the class about Down Syndrome and what it is and everything, and Kayla was there for that, and I, I think she's realizing more and more about Down Syndrome and and just knowing, you know, the name and so forth. Uh, last last weekend, we went to uh, Red Robin and we're eating and uh, a girl comes sitting next to us and she's in a power chair. And uh, Kayla leans over to me and she goes, Daddy, that girl has Down syndrome just like me. <laughs> she didn't have Down syndrome, but she was in the power chair. But she realized the connection right there. There's something, a disability thing happening. Right. And uh, it was it was a neat it was a neat thing to see and a neat comment. And I it, was it, was a, it was a conceptual so. leap. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was I thought that was a pretty cute thing. Well, you know, some of that's good, that's, some of that's, that's bad. You know, I, 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 you know, you want to protect your children forever. You know. <clears throat> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, of course, as a father, you know, don't even want to touch that subject. You can't really you know, protect. You can't protect them from everything. It's the reality. It's the reality. All right, Jason. You want to go next? You want me to go next? Sure, I'll go next. I, 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 um, I think I mentioned last time that we were having some some school problems with Dexter. So, in since since we last recorded, he has officially switched back to the school he was at before, and and um, just I, I actually experienced this through Colette. She told me, but just seeing how happy she was, I figure it's it's got to be my moment of the last couple weeks um he just went on his first day back at the school you know he kind of ran into his class and all of his old friends were there and everyone you know was um just was so excited to see dexter they all go hey dexter and he came running in and they all ran up and gave him a hug and colette just said it was it was just so great and and you know he just seems so much happier now and and he's just having having a great time there and so it's 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 really good to get that kind of headache out of our oh my gosh that's super past us yeah it's 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 really great you, you, he's, you, you know you, i mean he's about that age you know he's like two years old he's developing his personality and he just you know thinks things are funny now and giggles and stuff and it's just yeah it's, it's awesome. i'm just enjoying him immensely these days uh, but you know that that balance of you know if you got school right and they're and the you know the inclusion is just right and the therapy and the child's happy and the teachers are happy and the communications there you spend so much time setting all that up God when it all comes yeah. together it just feels really good yeah it was, it was not so it's really not so feeling. frequent <laughs> <laughs> but when it happens it's amazing uh, yeah. 
We have been uh, experiencing sleep problems. You know, uh, Luke is our third child, and we have been uh, lazy parents about the sleeping thing. You know, when he comes in in the middle of the night, you know, for the last six months to a year, then I would, uh, he, he doesn't really sleep at all with, with, with us. I go back in there and sleep in his room, and that and that comforts him, and then that's how it works. And my wife, can, when my alarm goes off, my wife comes in and wakes me up, and then, you know, so going to sleep is fine. He, You know, it's just, it's these middle-of-the-night wake-ups. And we finally, you know, decided to suck it up, and every time he gets out in the middle of the night, put it back in his bed. And, of course, this is something I get tasked with, you know, my... My wife does all the other stuff. She's fantastic. But uh, middle-of-the-night tasks, that fell to me. So I've been, every time he gets up, I hear the little pitter-patter of little feet, and then I, I, I catch him before he sneaks into our bed, and then I, uh, uh, I bring him back. And it's, it's been kind of fun because, you know, I, I make him go to the bathroom in the middle of the night just to make sure that all goes well, and we have this kind of this moment. It's kind of like an extra tuck-in in the middle of the night. Um, but he's been sneakier and sneakier about trying to get into the bed with us where he's actually gotten, uh, uh, clandestine about it. You know, there's been this, you know, the, the sneak in and the climb in from the bottom of the bed, you know, under the covers, but the, but, but the one I saw last night, he used the speed run. He comes in and I, I've just got kind of gotten attuned to the footprints and it sounded like he was running and sure enough, he comes turning around the corner into the room and he, and he, and he goes around the other side and and I and I get up and kind of chase him around to the other side, and I like to get him before he gets into the bed because then you gotta kind of drag him out. So he actually climbed, leaps onto the bed, and over Kim and into the middle, so that he was further away from my reach. And we were playing this little, you know, this little game in the middle of the night. <laughs> I just, I mean, from a sleep perspective, I'm looking forward to you know when he gets it and he stays in his own bed all night, which I know is my own fault for being a lazy parent. But the nighttime things are pretty funny sometimes. That little picture of him doing his little dodge around the thing and diving in the bed—he <laughs> must have planned it in advance. Anyway, really cool. If I take a running start, yeah. Yes, yes. Lito, we didn't catch. Uh, uh, you said your 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 son was born in two thousand seven, so he must be six or seven. He's uh six, right? He's six. Um, yeah, you, you you know he's um he's uh currently uh. Nonverbal. I mean, um, you know, he's he's six years old, and he's had five or six operations where he's had to undergo general anesthesia. You know, just last summer he had to have spinal cord surgery. Jeez. And uh, two months ago he had to have eye surgery. Um, and uh, you know, he falls within that category of, you know, uh, being uh, impacted by you know uh, various illnesses and conditions. Yeah. But you know, he has a he's unable to articulate uh you know uh, sounds or you know uh, to to any great effect i mean he can't string words together in order to you know communicate so you know we we, we do this thing where i always ask him i said i love who does daddy love and um you know uh, the, the one day that i asked him that you know he pointed to himself and he said he said me which you know, which which was a huge thing. It's just you, know, for, you you were step back stunned. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. You know, you, because I always end up finishing it for him. You know, mm-hmm. you know right. um, but uh, you know, the great part about it is that he pointed at himself. You know, which shows his self awareness about who he is. And awesome. um, you know, it's it's a case where I I think he there's there's a lot up there already in, oh, in there's his al- head. There's always but, more than you think, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, 
I'm sure all of you go through the same things, and you know that, you know, you see instances where, you know, it's problem solving, and you know he's planning, and he's, you know, uh, you know, he's trying to manipulate too, you know, to, oh, yeah. to get what he wants, and you know, that speaks to you know all, all, all the higher functions, but he's just unable to, you know, string them into words and, and to get them out. So yeah, I mean uh, that w- that was a great moment to. You know, to, to to hear him say that. You, you, you know, you know, in my house, the people who don't underestimate him are his uh, older brother and sister. Right. You know, like you <laughs> exactly. know, mom and dad were like, "Yeah, we're trying to explain it to him," and they're like, "Dad, he knows what you're talking about. He just doesn't want to do it." Yeah. You know. Right. <laughs> and I, you know, and I kind of right. get around it a different way, and I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? They 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 understand how smart he is. I'm I'm right. the one who's apparently dense." Well, you know, the, the, I mean, uh, the speech therapists tell us all the time. I mean, if you listen to them, the, you know, it, it's like he's reading, uh, you, you, you know, uh, historical text and uh, <laughs> and whatnot. But you know, he never does it yeah. at home. You know, and it's like, uh, oh, please mm. just say one word, mm. say a couple words. <laughs> well, that sounds like it was a pretty special one. Yeah, That's it was. Awesome. That takes yeah, that, that was that was a, that was a great day. That was that was something to memorialized in a journal and uh you know so i could remember that remember that moment all right Lita, let's 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 tell people where to go and they want to find out more and they want to get involved absolutely um uh our our main website is uh dsachieves.org and to learn more about uh the 121 biobank effort you can go to www1 spelled out o n e the numeral 21.org, 121.org. O-N-E-2-1, uh, right. So one yeah. is in unified and 21 is in the 21st chromosome. Exactly. To make that clear for myself, who's not that smart, and any listeners who perhaps are on my level. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, can, you can go there and um, uh, learn more. Uh, more. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, <coughs> excuse me, it's a, it's a um, it's a contact uh, registration page right now to to put people on our on our, on our email newsletter list, um, but uh, we're we're currently working to to roll out uh, the uh, the website uh, in the next uh, couple months. Okay, and our and our goals right now as as parents are, you know, generating some buzz and some ad- advocacy. And if there's Correct. any sort of funding that we can help with or congressmen we can talk to or whatever, that's great. But in the end, yep. the main thing we need to do is provide the samples. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, the samples will be critical, um, but you know, for all of us to get to that point is going to require a uh, community-wide discussion and understanding about the urgency of this issue. Um, <clears throat> that's why, um, you know, October, you know, being Down Syndrome Awareness Month is is a very appropriate time to have the discussion. You know, as you come across families uh, during your buddy walks and and uh, you know your your weekend play play dates and whatnot. Um, you know, just the ability to to extend that discussion and to introduce another family to the urgency of this issue, um, you know, is is equally important. All right. Well, you guys, uh, uh, Rick, Jason, you guys got anything to add? Just thank you. It was awesome. Yeah, oh, absolutely. For yes. Thanks for spending well, some thanks. time with us. Um, well, thank you, and I, again, I appreciate the opportunity. It's been a great. It, it was is a great discussion. I, I really do appreciate that. I'm looking forward to meeting you at some conference or some other event. Absolutely, and uh, and, and get to speak That'd in person. Great. All yeah, right, I mean, we can talk again as this uh, everything launches and is out there and it's ready to go. That'd yeah, I want to awesome. keep up to date. Send us an email when uh, you know when you reach milestones and whatnot. 
or even when you have a need. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks uh, thanks for spending an hour with us. We hope you learned as much as we did. Uh, we are the Downright Awesome Dads uh, for Down Syndrome Radio. You can find us at downrightawesome.com slash DSR, or you can go direct to uh, downsyndromeradio.com. Can you not, Rick? Yes, you can. They both take you to the same place. <laughs> you can I, eat. I, yeah, it, and we're on Twitter and Facebook now too. Uh, oh yeah, uh, well hang on. I'll, I'll let our new manager of social media uh, take this <laughs> take take this from here. Go ahead, Rick. Tell them all that, you know, that Twitter, FaceTime stuff, Facebook stuff. Oh man. <laughs> so <laughs> it's exciting. Okay, so you can find us on Twitter at DSR Podcast is our Twitter handle and. Uh, uh, we're our followers are growing. Uh, so all this stuff launched. Uh, we, all of our social media launched just with uh, Down Center Awareness Month this October. So it's it's relatively new, but you'll find links to all of our episodes there, as well as on uh, downcenterradio.com, uh, facebook.com backslash uh, downcenterradio as well. Uh, so uh, you'll find it. We'll also have all the links to 121. Don't miss an episode. Cheese. Stay connected. Be part of the buzz. It has you been a lot it. of buzz, buddy. I, you've got it rocking. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're doing pretty good. We've got over over 200 likes in, in a very short time on Facebook. So I love, love to hear we'll it. Have that keep love to hear I know. And I also cool. want to mention uh, uh, iTunes, Down Syndrome Radio. We would love uh, uh, a review and or uh, comment. Five stars there. That would be fabulous. All right. Hey, I uh, I switched to uh, Samsung from, my, from an iPhone and uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, via Android is pretty easy. So okay, so how do you do it via Android? You don't go to do iTunes. Huh? No, there's there's just a bunch of podcast apps. So you just download a podcast app to your Android phone, and, and it uh, goes and finds go. our. Up and we're right there. Jeez, I gotta what? talk to you about how that works. I, I want to just wonder how it, how how that works and whether we get counted under our uh, you know our feed burner you know tracking thing, which doesn't work all that well. Yeah. That is a conversation for later. So now it's when I usually play some sort of topic-appropriate song. Is that right? That's right. I was thinking of some sort of Halloween theme or some sort of, you know, biobank yeah. body part theme, but I didn't think anything. So, <laughs> so here's what I'm going to play. I don't know why I picked this song. I like this song. All right, Lito, thanks again. Thanks, guys. You have a super evening, and keep up the good work, man. Thanks so much, and we'll look forward to talking to you soon. You bet. Thank you, Lito. Thank you, Lito. Thanks, guys. Good work on the guest, Jason. Hold on. Thank you, sir. When I die in the name of the rest, I'm going to go to the place that I've been on for a long time. Not as happy a song as I thought. Or <laughs> <laughs> Halloween is a song about death. Anyway, I thought it was a happy song. All right, guys, you have a great week. All right. You too. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Enjoy. <laughs>